Hey, hey, Podnuckians, welcome to Android App Addicts, episode 571. No, we're not over. This is not over. It's just, we'll get to that. Uh, this episode of Android App Addicts is brought to you by Jason Parker. I want to thank Jason for all the support throughout the years. Uh, he was a Patreon supporter. Um, it, I think because of uh, my schedule has not been up to par, Jason had to stop uh, supporting us. But I do thank him for all the support that he did give us. We thank everyone for all the support that they gave us throughout the years. And we're going to start the show the same way we start every show, basically. And that is where we talk about, is there any new hardware? But first, we're going to say, uh, if you want an explanation on why the show was not coming out as regularly as it used to or should have, uh, do not blame Ivor. Do not blame um, Josh at all. By the way, happy birthday, Mrs. Josh. Um, Ivor has bad health issues. He's not going to be back for the foreseeable future. He will be back when he's ready. Uh, Josh has a beautiful young bouncing baby boy kind of thing. He's a parent and a father. He has lots of things going on. But the reason is, is because of me uh, and my health issues. If you want to know more details about that, uh, DDG episode 44, I believe the first like 10 minutes goes all over it. I'm not going to go over here because it's too much and I've already said it. And when I talk about personal things, a lot of people say, get to the Android stuff. So if you want to hear about the reasons why I've not been able to podcast as much as I should have, could have, uh, then you need to check out DDG episode 44. Okay, now that said, the new hardware in my life, it's currently running my um, OBS uh, management software to where I can switch what I'm looking at. Uh, but this is the OnePlus Nord uh, N100, um, $179 smartphone in 2021. Um, I have been saying with some uh, like defiance over years that the thousand dollar smartphone needs to end it's going to come to an end it's the beginning of the end kind of thing i do think this phone is a like a good staple in the progress of budget phones 179 dollars easily acts and reacts and feels like and has most of the features of a three to four hundred dollar phone is what i'll say in my personal opinion um we're going to take a look at the specs real quick uh we're going to go to actually one plus one dot com or sorry oneplus.com uh oneplus nord is not a 5g phone number one um i'll just say it like this right now i'm okay with that um because i don't want to say i don't need 5g but i'm here on a peninsula where i live i don't think i'm going to have 5g uh for probably two years available at my house and around my house uh for the time being i'm working from home full time so i don't need 5g when i go to work uh, when I'm on the road, I'm typically only doing um, navigation. So I don't need 5G when I'm doing navigation. So to me, 5G was not a priority. If it is for you, I encourage you to take, take a look at the OnePlus Nord 10, N10, I believe it is. Um, yeah, the N10 5G version. Costs more. We'll go over that one too. Um, right now, the OnePlus Nord N100 only comes in one color and one capacity, four gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage. Again, $179. You can get a bumper case. Uh, right now, it's free, thanks to Mother's Day. And the screen protector is free, thanks to Mother's Day. So if you were on the fence about getting a new phone, this might be the thing to push you over. I know the sale is not going to uh, last much longer. Uh, this phone has a 5,000 milliamp battery, 6.5-inch uh, screen, dual speakers, Headphone jack, USB-C, uh, very thin bezels is the way I'll put it. It definitely has bezels, but very thin bezels. Uh, fingerprint reader on the back. And I just got to say, runs near miraculously. I do have a complaint. I will get there. Um, but I will say the um, fingerprint is unbelievably snappy fast. Uh, the battery, I've left the screen on overnight, eight hours, and it still didn't get below 50%. Uh you have to try to get this phone below 50%. You have to really go crazy to go under 50%. Um, so battery life, insane. Speed, unbelievably snappy. Um, when I connect to my Linksys VLOP home internet um, uh, routers, um, I have gigabit ethernet, which means, of course, I don't get a gigabit. I get between six and 800, depending on the time of day kind of thing. And on my phone, I'm easily getting 100 plus up and down, easily. Uh, when, when I'm in the right spot, it, it does go faster than that kind of thing. 
So that's why I say I don't need 5G. This phone's performance on my home network is the how fast it downloads podcasts and stuff is literally insane. And then when I'm using mobile data, because this is a phone that is more supported than my last phone, like on uh, my last phone, I want to say it only had three of seven frequencies supporting 4G. This one had, I think, was five of seven or maybe six of seven, no, six of seven. Uh, the speed I'm getting when I download podcasts when I'm on the road is literally insane. It was faster than my old phone here using Wi-Fi. Um, so the speed and performance of this phone is knocking my socks off compared to my Huawei P20 Lite, my previous phone. Um, but it's only 179 bucks. It is mind-blowing how cheap this phone is, yet how good performance it is. Uh, the 5G was definitely a little bit more, uh, $299. Um, if 5G was a priority or if NFC was a priority, I would have had to go with the 5G. But to me, it's not. Uh, now, here's the complaint. I've had this phone about 30 days, give or take 30 days. About four of those days, maybe five of those days, so about once a week, I don't know what's going on. Um, and this is a me problem. 99% of the people out there will not have this problem. I listen to over 24 hours of podcast a day. Typically, it's around four and a half X speed on average kind of thing. And like four times, as soon as the screen goes dark, the podcast starts to stutter and skip. I turn the screen on, it doesn't stutter and skip. I went through power settings. I went through battery settings. I went through optimization settings. I went through everything I can. And it doesn't matter when it those days happen, when it will not perform right with a podcast, even above like 3x, um, I just leave the screen on. And again, I leave the screen on for 16 hours and it's barely below 50%. So I can literally be here all day, do my work, do my dad thing, do my husband thing, do my family thing. And at the end of the day, it's still not even close to 30%. And the screen was on 10 plus hours that day. Um, so for now, this is what I consider to be the by far best bang for the buck purchase for a mobile phone right now. Um, I think it's going to hold this throne for at least probably five months. Um, my old saying was it's always the worst time to buy a phone because there's always something better right around the corner. Um, I don't know who's going to beat this phone. Uh, I will say Asus just launched a smaller phone, which is uh, a lot like uh, newer Samsung Inners, but in a smaller form factor. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's over like $400. Um, the sub two two fifty range, I think this is going to hold the crown for a decent amount of time, what I'll say. So if you're at all interested, uh, you can check out what uh, broadband 4G LTE antennas this uses. And there are plenty of applications you can use. You can download on your phone to tell you what uh, antennas are being used in your area if you want to make sure you have the most optimization possible. Um, again, uh, OnePlus knocked out of the park. And here's how... Here's my example of how much they knocked it out of the park. Um, I almost tell my wife um, that uh, I almost want her to get like an Apple device just so she can't ask me questions on uh, how stuff works. Why isn't this working? Why isn't that working kind of thing? Uh, previously, I told her to just go into the store, talk to the salesman, get whatever you like. She's always been getting uh, Samsung devices. Always, always, always. I was so confident with this device. I literally told her, no, you need to get this device. Um, she's, I've had mine for over 30 days. She's had hers for over two weeks, maybe three weeks already. Uh, the only issue she ran into was, um, oh, um, her initial text messages with me were not syncing up right. I just deleted my whole conversation with her and it started working again. Um, that was really the only issue we've had. Uh, the other thing I will say is, Google is really on the ball now with migrating profiles. Okay. You boot up this phone and the first thing it asks you is basically, you know, what's the Wi-Fi password, blah, 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 blah. Then it says, are you migrating from another device? And if you hit yes, if the other device is on the same network, okay, it just tells you to go to the other device and pull up Google Assistant. And as soon as you pull up Google Assistant, both phones say, here's my code, enter the code you see on the other phone, you type it and voila. It starts the transfer of applications, certain sensitive data, only like two out of a hundred apps I had to re-log back into, which to me was shockingly good. Um, it also brought over all my text message hi history. And like I said, with me and my wife, I had to just delete 
my conversation with her to get everything back up and running again. Um, it was the seamlessly easiness I've ever had in my life of transferring from a phone to a phone. Uh, I'm not going to say it was the fastest, but it was pretty fast is what I'll say. Um, it's the kind of thing, if you just leave the phone sitting by itself, uh, it shouldn't take more than like an hour. Uh, I was doing stuff at the same time, so I want to say it took more than like an hour and a half for my transfer to take place. But I cannot sing the praises any higher than for less than 200 bucks. Even if you only keep the phone for like 18 months, that's like almost 10 bucks a month. That is a steal of a phone price. Absolute steal of a phone price. Okay, next piece of news here. I just found this interesting. Um, the original guy behind OnePlus or one of the people behind OnePlus has left. Um, I do believe the Nord was one of the last things they were involved in before they left. Um, and they started up basically another company and the company's called Nothing. I'm not, I can't make that up. Um, it's called Nothing. And their first product that they're coming out with, they believe next month is earbuds, wireless earbuds. Everybody's doing wireless earbuds. Um, Samsung, Google, Apple, Show Me, everybody is doing earbuds and they're all shooting for their own market. Apple is shooting for the less ripped people off market. Samsung's trying their best, I think, in my opinion, to rip people off with the price of their earbuds. And then you have Show Me doing both. They have like the 169 model of earbuds and the exact same time they release like a $20 pair of earbuds. So I think they're the ones who I think are trying to hit both ends of the market. Show Me's market share just keeps exploding. Um, uh, they have announced the first product that's called Ear One. Um, yeah, it's by Carl Pell. He, he's the uh, original OnePlus guy. I will just put it like this. I'm happy that there's more people coming out with these wireless earbuds. I want there to be more competition. I want there to be as you know as broad spectrum of these as you want. I like ones that can go into mono mode where you can have one in the charger, one in your ear. When that goes bed, swap it back out so you never have to go without. Um, now it's very easily to get mono ones with microphones in them, uh, but it's hard to get them with good microphones in them. I have no problem admitting that. Um, so we'll have to see how these look, what their price is. Because from what I can tell, there is no announcement on the price or even pictures. They just said the announcement that they're going to be called Ear Ones, uh, and they'll be launched in June. So if they're launching in June, that means they already have everything figured out about them. They're just waiting to launch them till June. Um, I will look forward to them. Currently, I am using an old pair of uh, Show Me QCY earbuds, the same ones I've had for a while. These things are like 20 bucks. Last for four hours for an earbud. Uh, I'm not going to say they're the best. I will say for 20 bucks, they're fantastic. Um, but we have to see what these are. I will say I can see these people offering the 50 to $120 range and try to hit that sweet spot of good quality, high quality, high audio, great mics, great battery life, and maybe, you know, um, uh, not be like um, cheap. Uh, the, my last pair of these QCY I had, they literally just fell out of my ear and then I could hear something inside rattling around and I knew they weren't long, uh, m much more to last. So hopefully we get some good mid-range competition from nothing. Okay, now this is the kind of news that literally made me stop what I'm doing, pause my podcast, open up uh, Say It as my application and say, Say It, read this article to me because this is one of the things I kind of found mildly shocking. Somehow, in 2021, you have HTC gone, LG bailing, um, Samsung just getting bigger and bigger, Show Me with record sales, Huawei selling off Honor, um, Asus doing I don't know, Lenovo I'm not even sure they're still in smartphone market territory kind of thing. And then Sony, Sony, Sony of all companies reported that they actually started to make a profit again with their phones. Okay. I will tell everyone very honestly, I have very, very mixed feelings about Sony as a company. Um, I do believe that they are a company that can do good things is the way I'll put it. Um, I know for, for the longest time, their number one profit um, stream for them as a company was life insurance, uh, which is kind of like how Microsoft can do game consoles because they're making money off of other stuff kind of thing. 
So I never thought Sony was serious about phones is the way I'll put it. Um, but apparently this past year, Sony was able to make a profit by shipping 400,000 phones in the fourth quarter of 2020. I cannot tell you what the phone is, what's good about it, how it looks, what the name of it is or anything, but they're being profitable again. And I will say I want more competition period. Uh, Xperia i3, it looks like, or one three. Um, and I know Sony can do a good phone. Uh, I know for a while they were having issues with trademark licensing with their fingerprint reader on the side of the phone, which uh, at least Android Authority believed was in some sort of U.S. violation. So when they shipped those phones over here, I believe they literally like uh, disabled the fingerprint reader on the side, and it was not something you could easily turn back on. Um, so I'm not going to buy a 2500 Sony Xperia Pro, but I'm happy somebody is buying Sony phones because uh, we need more competition. With companies starting to drop off, we don't want Samsung and Apple to rule this market. Okay, We need other people to step up and fill those gaps. M Motorola, Asus, Lenovo, Sony, I don't care who it is, but we need somebody to step up. If it's Sony, I just hope they do good OS interfaces like Oppo or OnePlus, uh, where you don't have to worry about bloat and stuff going on. Um, so I'm just happy to see somebody's doing good in this uh, environment. Okay, now this next one is an app, and I'm going to funnel, channel a longtime friend, supporter, nice guy, period. Um, Clark Kent, um, Ellis Owens, love the guy, great guy. And he's the guy who reminded me when I posted this, that there was a backstory to it. It's called Clip It, C-L-I-P-T, Clip T, Clip It, Clip It. I don't know. It's from One Lab Studio, Tools, E for Everyone, 255 reviews, completely free, no ads, no in-app purchases, 3.9 average reviews. It's pretty new, 225 total renews. Um, uh, the updated May 9th. Uh, size 11 megs, 10,000 plus installs, current version 1.1.4, requires 6.0 Android and up content rating E for everyone. Permissions, it is going to need like access to like your clipboard kind of thing. Photos, media, storage, network, shortcuts, network access, run it, startup, trawl over other apps, lots of stuff. Um, and here's the whole thing. Okay. There's different rings of trust on with me and my phone and my environments and my computing environment and my world. The tightest ring, the hardest place for you to get, whether you're an application or a piece of software is access to my clipboard, because that is where the most sensitive information in the world goes. Not all the time will my password manager autofill a password, which means once in a while I got to copy paste the password. Um, the, you know, the next closest thing is like keyboard monitoring is like the next most sensitive thing as far as I'm concerned. But um, I don't know if I want to let something like this have constant, ongoing, nonstop access to my clipboard. Now, here's the backstory. One Lab Studios is OnePlus, okay? OnePlus is the same company that in the past got in trouble for sending all clipboard data through servers in China. And that was what Ellis Owens reminded me of. So I guess them doing this app instead of hiding and sending data going back through, um, they just make it painfully obvious that they're sending data back through, I guess. Sorry about the volume sl slip up there, guys. Um, so, I mean, if you already in are in the OnePlus camp and you trust OnePlus as a company, emphatically with your most sensitive of sensitive data and you need the ability to share your clipboard between either phone and tablet or phone and desktop um then you need this app c-l-i-p-t um i literally just installed it just to see what it looked like and then i immediately uninstalled it i don't think that is the kind of app that i can trust for any length of time on my phone uh, maybe if it was a work phone or a secondary phone where I didn't have sensitive data, like banking information, job information, PayPal information kind of thing, I would be okay with using it, but I can't use it on my nine to five, um, full time. Just can't. 
Um, if you can, and you think I'm foolish for saying such a thing, do not hesitate. Uh, shoot me an email, AAA at panos.com, and please tell me why I am overreacting. Okay, then we have to talk about the air, the elephant in the room, if you will. Um, and that is uh, an app that all the Apple people and all the tech journalists seemingly could not shut up about for at least two to three months. And to me, this is a company that's literally living in 2016. Okay. There was a time when it was normal, accepted business behavior to launch your app on one platform and then work on launching it on other platforms. Is this 2021 to not be able to launch something, nearly anything except for maybe a super high end game or super demanding application on one platform and on not the other? To me, is a very like key metric indicator of incredible incompetence or incredible lack of knowing that you're pop that you could be popular kind of thing. Either way, to me, it doesn't spell good for the company known as Clubhouse. Secondly, what the hell is up with this icon? Who in the company thought that was a great icon to show for your application? Okay. Now, here's the other problem. In Android, we have a problem of authenticity, okay? Google just went through a big thing where they're trying to get rid of apps with misleading names, misleading icons, misleading URLs, and misleading descriptions, which I will say is an incredibly fuzzy, hard thing to do, okay? To have the app called Clubhouse drop in audio chat is not a clear indicator that it's the same clubhouse as the one that people on iOS won't stop talking about. Alpha Exploration Company, I never heard anybody who talked about clubhouse ever say Alpha Exploration Company. And then to have this, I don't even know how to explain this, retardo looking portrait looking up at the sky picture with a really bad haircut um, as the icon. Um, this to me is all the hallmarks again of a company that literally doesn't know what it's doing or how to do it right. Like they never had any SEO experts sit in any of their meetings, it seems like. So whatever. I downloaded it. Of course, because they're so incompetent, I still can't get into it. It's been now three days, I want to say three days since and I still can't get into it because they're so backed up, they're so behind. Apparently they're like Apple when it comes to web pages and they do everything by hand, which is a hallmark of a great company. Uh, there's a reason why other companies are adopting this feature into their applications and ecosystems faster than this company can expand. Discord, if you have enough big, a big enough server, already has this feature. Facebook has already, I believe, just released this feature. Uh, Twitter has released it in beta, a feature like this. And all this is, this is a community audio forum where you can have um, people of prestige invite in air quotes people on stage to hold conversations while other people listen uh by default the application does not have the ability right now on ios to do recordings you can do some third-party trickery to do some recordings kind of thing um and it's just supposed to be where people come and hold like township kind of conversations um whenever i do have a room i will you know make it open and i do like the idea of having um People come on to the show kind of thing. So I could see hosting a show. And then when someone says they have something important to say, hypothetically about clubhouse, I can say, blah, blah, blah. What's your opinion on it or whatever. And then I can hit a button and they can come up to the stage and give us their thoughts on it. Um, but I, I kind of believe this is a company in eight months or something. It's not going to exist. I could easily see Twitter, Facebook, discord, and other services just eating up this entire business model, making Clubhouse not important. I've been wrong a million times before. There's no reason why I won't be wrong about this one as well, but I think they're going to have to do something different. They're going to either have to have some kind of exclusive content deal or, you know, some big people, some popular people like a Joe Rogan or something, hop on it and back it to make it long-term successful. And I say that, and I'm pretty sure the split second Joe Rogan decides to go away from Spotify, um, Spotify is going to lose a large amount of numbers. So we're going to have to see where this company is going to be in like eight to 10 months from now. Okay. And then like this next link is kind of the reason why I question how popular this service is or is going to be. Because 
I think the very same day it finally launched on Android, this article was posted on Lifehacker. Now, say what you want about Lifehacker. Some people believe it's just like a a, uh, troll farm of what people are searching for. Um, Some of their stuff I think is good. Some of their stuff I think is whatever, their stuff. But on the very same day it came out with Android, how to delete your Clubhouse AM, AM, A account because it is not as easy as you think. And then they show you on iOS Clubhouse and it's a different icon, different icon for the show. It's like these, they, apparently they, they can't have consistency between the platforms, but they literally go through step by step on what you need to do to delete your Clubhouse account because, in air quote, it is not that easy to do. Um, part of me believes like half. Lifehacker is posting this because they do think people are looking for how to do it. Uh, I will say I have heard some rumbling, some bumblings of um, Clubhouse becoming over politically polarized is the nicest way I can put it, which I do think could cause some people to say, I'm done with you. Let me delete you. Maybe that's the reason why people are looking to delete it. Maybe people are looking to delete it because I don't want to be on a clubhouse with these Android users. I don't know. I don't try to say I know. I just know someone made a post about it. So apparently it's something that people were looking for. Okay. Um, what I have next, I have to just show a picture of it. So please, uh, in the notes, it's going to be called show me me mix fold PC mode is a galaxy Z fold three must have, which it's a confusing title, but what it sounds like is if you're a galaxy Z fold three owner, if you see the show me me mix fold in PC mode, it's going to like make you go crazy because you want this one instead. Um, I am a sucker for compact, small, pocketable computing. That's my thing, okay? I've always been attracted to smaller form factor computers that are really functional at the same time. And this picture on Slash Gear of the Mi Mix uh, Fold with the stand in PC mode with a foldable keyboard, not rollable, but foldable keyboard sitting in front of it. Granted, my eyes aren't great, so I don't know how much I'll be able to see in this screen, but it, at least form factor wise, wow. I'm not even going to look at the price. Don't want to look at the price. I know I'm not going to get one, but it's the kind of thing where if I was a road warrior and I needed to have a full experience kind of thing everywhere I went, I would definitely entertain the idea of getting a show me me mix fold PC mode with this keyboard attached to it. I just think it looks really good. Um, then on the same like story mode, show me was blacklisted by the U S government. Um, we all heard about the news about Huawei, the daughter, Canada extradition fighting stuff kind of thing. But show me was also blacklisted by the U S government. Now it wasn't as stringent. It wasn't as harsh kind of thing. Uh, don't expect this ban being lifted is going to globally change. Show me, uh, in the next like 30 days kind of thing. Cause it's not, but what it will do is it will reinforce that show me is a world company kind of thing. Um, their sales numbers in the last like three years have just been like insanely increasing. They're like the number one um, growing type of company. But the gimmick is they don't just do phones. They don't just do tablets. They don't just do earbuds. Okay. They don't just do keyboards. They don't just do laptops. They do washers and dryers and fans and screens and all kinds of home appliance kind of thing. Um, so if you look on Alibaba, for just show me X I A O M I, you will see an astounding range of products, kind of like how Samsung also does refrigerators. That's what Show Me is doing. They literally do everything, and their whole thing is we're just going to blow the doors off of it, make a billion of them, sell them cheap, and then when that lot is over, we're going to move on to something else. Um, I honestly think that the it is the kind of company that could really be impactful in the globe, Indian market, uh, North American market, European market, uh, just getting bigger and bigger, more of a name brand, household name brand here in the near future. Okay, now here's the kind of thing I don't want to say anyone really needs to worry about. It's just another example how Google cannot stop fiddling with the bits is the way I put it. Just like how Microsoft seems to just keep constantly, nonstop making changes to everything 
seemingly just so they can charge more for training again kind of thing is what I keep thinking. Google cannot stop renaming and changing things. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I'm sure it's for the better, but sometimes it is absolutely for the worst. They're basically renaming Google Assistant, which nobody calls Google Assistant. Everybody calls it OK Schmoogle kind of thing that I heard, but they're going to re rename it to communication. And it's like, again, I don't know what they're thinking, but they're calling it that. Um, and it's a uh, family broadcast is rolling at the same time. Now, I will say I love the idea of being able to add people to my family, but er, 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 add people to my family and then do family broadcast events, except I can already tell you they're doing it wrong because I already have two family plans where I have uh, two sets of YouTube red YouTube premium subscriptions. You can only add them to your family. So I have two accounts where I have, you know, family members, only two live in this house. So I have like 10 total people in my family account to where if I try to do a family broadcast using this tool, it's going to go to Oregon. It's going to go to Texas. It's going to go to New York. It's going to go to um, uh, Australia. It's going to go to Ireland. It's going to go to Belgium. You know what I mean? Because that's where those people in my family are at. Uh, because I'm sure they're going to use that same family setting that's in the membership settings of your Google Play account. I would love it if they could say, set up your broadcast family. And then I could say, my wife and both my kids and me, what would you like for dinner? It's dinner time. Um, you know, don't forget to take the trash, you know, stuff like that. Little family kind of things. I would love it if that's the case, but I have no problem betting somebody they're not going to make a family broadcast group. They're going to literally use what's already baked into Google Play, which used to be in Google Play Music, but now it's just in Google Play family account. And we're just going to be them. So I don't want to send Cody Cooper in Oregon a question about what he wants for dinner. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. So this sounds like a great feature that I will not be able to take advantage of. We'll have to see when it comes into play, but I'm 99% sure I'm not going to be able to take advantage of it. But we'll have to see because I do not have this feature yet. Okay, now it is May 13th. Again, happy birthday, Mrs. Josh. It's May 13th, and if you would have asked me 18 months ago, 20 months ago, what would be the state of Android tablets, I would tell you they're dead. No one's making them anymore. No one's selling them. Of course, you're going to have like the Samsung tab and the Chewy tab and stuff like that, but they really wouldn't be making any headway. I would I would expect if you go into a electronic store where they used to have like six or eight of them, all of them cheap as dirt, they might only have one or two. But again, I am completely wrong. Apparently, because of the pandemic, uh, tablet sales and Chromebook sales have been like ridiculous. Um, I don't know school. I don't have any school of using tablets. Maybe you know, kindergarten through like fourth grade, maybe they're using tablets. Maybe that's why they're seeing a, a sales boost. I don't know. The Chromebooks, I know they're using them for school a lot. Um, but right now, Google, again, is trying to pivot and change. They're going to make a change to the uh, Android tablet ecosystem with an entertainment space option. Um, this is the way I think of this. If you've ever seen the difference between an Amazon tablet and an Android tablet, they're completely different things. The Android tablet always basically mirrors an Android phone to the T. Nothing's different. We're Amazon tries to say, here's your books, here's your TV, here's your internet, here's your movie, to try to separate your space. Um, I will say, I do believe most phones are used for communication devices, texting, calling, Facebooking kind of thing, communication devices. And I do think most tablets are used for reading comics, reading books, watching TVs, watching movies, and watching YouTube, I would say, I would guess is a huge percentage of the time spent on a, any Android tablet. So for them to make an entertainment uh, uh, space on Android tablets, it might actually be a really smart move. I'm not going to lie. Um, it all depends on the delivery, and it all depends, uh, my belief, is that onboarding process. The very first time a new user sees this new entertainment space thing, is it going to lead the user through what this is, what to expect, go here for here, go here for that kind of thing. Um, if they do it right, I could see this actually being, dare I say, popular, or at least kind of popular. Um, so 
So we'll have to wait and see like how many devices are going to get it and when they're going to get it. Um, and of course, somebody asked, is this coming to a Walmart tablet near you? In my humble experience, they will be the last to get it. So announcing it now, maybe by the end of 2022, your $30 to $40 Walmart tablet might have this in it. Um, I definitely would not hold my breath. Um, I would expect the Lenovo's, the Samsung's to get the um, entertainment space before the other ones. Um, I'm not going to say tablets are dead. I'll just say I, I think they're realizing they're a niche device and they're just trying to fill that niche. I think that might be the nicest way I can put it. So hopefully it's a success and hopefully it makes people use tablets a little bit easier for what I think a lot of us think most people do use tablets for. Okay. Um, this one I, I had to bookmark. Oh, I had to bookmark and I had to like keep around just as an example. Okay. I understand how everyone's expectation on tablets that you're never in your life going to pay full price for an app. I understand people thinking that, okay? But the more people that only have tablets and they don't have desktop computers or laptop computers or MacBooks or, you know, these kinds of dedicated systems, you're going to have to start to expect to see feature um, desktop-like pricing on mobile ecosystems, tablet ecosystems, phone ecosystems. I think that's just inevitable. It's just the way it's going to be. The question becomes, when is it? reliable when is it really good to use when is the price fair when is the support good and when is it going to like hit all those sweet spots um i've never heard of cubasis 3 i will throw that out there uh but this app is called cubasis 3 music studio and audio editor steinberg media technologies gmbh which i believe that was the uk like incorporated not germany but uk um music and audio 306 reviews e for everyone does have in-app purchases no uh ads is not free 38 dollars and 99 cents to buy i'm really happy josh and ivor ain't here because it in one of those countries i'm sure it's 50 in the other country i'm sure it's 60 to 70 bucks um 4.2 average reviews only 306 reviews to have 306 reviews for a 40 dollar application i think that's actually almost impressive um updated april 24th 2001 1.1 gig in size you have a tablet you better make sure you have this uh, room for it 1000 plus installs current version 3.3 8.0 android nub content reading e for everyone uh, in-app purchases are 249 to 399 per item not sure what the actual in-app purchases are, except for interactive elements is what it says. Permissions, yeah, it's going to need why it needs location access. Nope, can't tell you why. Uh, microphone access, storage access, phone um, media access, not shocked. Google Play license check, network access, prevent device from sleeping and view network con connections. Now, 1,000 means less than 10,000, okay? So let's just cut it down the middle and say 5,000. I do believe it jumps the next one to 10,000. So let's just say 5,000 installs, $40 a piece, $20,000 minus Google's cut. I'm going to be shocked if they've made enough money to be happy with this yet. So I don't know if this is going to keep seeing updates. I don't know what's going to keep seeing you know things being uh, improved by it. But I will say I am just like entertained by the idea of somebody trying to do like a genuine doll type interface uh on an android device um hopefully they can keep it up hopefully they can you know drag in some actual audio creators and actually you know make this an actual like music creating device and not just a editor um i'll say this all the screenshots and all the videos it's actually really pretty i'm not gonna lie it looks like a, what i would consider to be a full featured music type app but i am not a music maker so if you guys out there are a music maker or you know of a music maker uh point them to this app and if they say they like the idea but they can't afford it let me know um it's only 40 bucks i can definitely find that kind of money sitting around i'm interested if it's actually as good as i think it could be um i'm just really happy to see professional what it looks like professional grade audio editing really being on Android and, and not just an iOS thing. 
Okay, now this app, I'll just put it like this, um, came with a backstory. Um, two people I know, one of them has now passed away, had a massive, she had a massive stroke, could not say more than like one word, had decent control of her head, face, could walk with a little bit of help, uh, could eat and drink with a little bit of help kind of thing. Um, but she had a massive stroke and her hardest time thing she had to do was communicate. She had a really hard time to communicate. Second, uh, a family member of mine suffers really bad from uh, Asperger's, non-communicative, non-vocal at all whatsoever. Um, and to get them both accessibility things, they were told literally hundreds and hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars. I was able to find um, Amazon Fire tablets, cushion cases, and then software that kind of would help them communicate. But it, none of them worked great, is what I'll say. Then I found this one literally the last week. Uh, so I'm going to try to make sure everyone who knows someone who is nonverbal and who needs help to communicate. Okay. This is super cheap. You can literally get this for free. It's from Google Creative Lab. It's called Look to Speak. The gist of it is it basically uses the front facing camera to sense where your eyes are looking. Puts you know, common first words to a sentence or a phrase on the screen. It senses if you're looking to the right or to the left or up or down. And then when you look off the screen, you keep going is when it then selects that word. Then it goes on to the next word. You look around, you focus on it, then you move off the screen and it selects that. And that's how you can build a sentence. This is the kind of software that three years ago was easily 600 plus dollars, but none of them I knew using eye tracking to do it. You always had to either just have the person use like a pencil or a pencil in their mouth and type things out to get them to communicate. Um, this is the kind of app that makes me believe somebody working at Google gets it. Somebody at these big companies get it. All we're ever going to see from the big tech media sites, all we're going to see from the big tech podcasts is how evil these companies are, how they're so evasive, how they take our data, how they invade our privacy, how they're just looking out for profit. You're never going to hear those big tech journalist sites talk about this kind of thing right here. This is humanity's work at its finest. Okay. And here's the real truth. There's little doubt in my mind. There's some people at Amazon trying to do these same kind of things. There are people at Facebook trying to do these very same things. There are people at Microsoft trying to do these very same things. There are people at Apple trying to do these very same things. And if they weren't multi-billion dollar companies, they might not be allowed to work on these kinds of things. So please don't just think any company is good or bad, malicious or saint-like, because everything is a shade of gray. All companies do things that are bad, and there are people at companies who are always trying to do good, okay? This is an example of a people working at Google doing fantastic work. If I worked at Google, I would say Google Creative Lab. Where's Google Creative Lab? I would literally buy them like lunch or something because these are the kind of things that need to be appreciated. These are the kind of things that need to be talked about. These are the kind of things that people need to know about. Tomorrow, next week, next month, you have a family member that has a severe stroke and then becomes non-communicative. You now know, oh, look to speak. I can buy them a, you know, $50 Android tablet, put look to speak on it. And, and voila, I can now give my relative, my friend, my loved one, the power of communication without breaking the bank and spending hundreds or thousands of dollars. This to me is the kind of good stuff that really you want to make me happy out there, listeners, email other Android blogs, Android police, Android authority, email them if you want, contact other podcasts that do app related stuff and tell them you need to talk about this because they do. They do. They need to stop talking about the flame baiting headlines of all these evil companies doing all these evil things. They're falling into the old trap of old media outlets of bad news brings ratings. How about we talk about some good things once in a while? Look to speak from Google Creative uh, Lab is something that is good to talk about. Okay, now here is a company we talked about before. I believe they're out of the UK. I always call them EOS, but they're called slash E slash. I don't know how to verbalize that, but their goal was to have a Android operating system that's de-Googled. 
where they go in, they take out all the Google references, they take out all the links to Google services, they take out all the links to Google servers, and they give you what is as functional of an operating system as it can be with all the Google stuff out, the Google stuff. Um, before you could buy like Nexus 6, uh, Nexus 5 devices from them, you could buy, I believe it was uh, one or two Samsung models as well. And that was almost it. They've quietly now also sell phones. I believe it was in the Canadian market and U.S. market. Um, don't think you're going to pay $100 for a phone because you're not. You're basically paying them to stay afloat, paying them to keep their company growing kind of thing. So you're going to pay this a little bit more than you think is the way I'll put it. But now they literally offer it was over 100 devices for you to install this operating system on if you wanted to. A um, couple Asus devices, a couple BQ devices. Uh, more than a couple of Google devices, uh, Nexus 4, Nexus 5, 5X, 6, 6P, Google Pixel, Pixel XL, uh, Pixel 2, then it stops, HTC, Huawei, only like one Huawei device, um, Lee Echo, uh, which, which was a semi-popular device there for a couple months, uh, Lenovo, a couple LG devices, Motorola, more than a couple Motorola devices. So if you really want to play with this EOS, I advise you take a look at these Motorola devices. They have the year of manufacturing. Go on Swappa. I guarantee you, you can get one of these phones for less than 150 bucks if you really want to play with this operating system. Uh, they do have more than a couple OnePluses, but I believe the newest OnePlus they support is the OnePlus 7 Pro. Don't support the OnePlus Nord. Trust me, if they did, I'd be tempted to throw it on there. Uh, more than a couple Oppo devices, Razer device, Redmi devices, a fair amount of Samsung devices is the way I will put it. Uh, so if you want to play with this privacy-focused, de-Googled EOS operating system, uh, there's more than a couple options now for you to do it, including Sony devices, uh, Show Me devices. Yeah, it's a very, very good list of devices is the way I'll put it. Um, I might in a couple months look at buying a really low-end device off a of swap and see if I can play with this. I'm not in a rush to, only because I do believe in the last six to eight months, they've actually made significant progress, and I think they're going to do it again. I think this time, 2022, these people are going to be much more polished um, and much more like user-friendly. to the. Even if you give it to your grandmother and stuff, it should be pretty functional and usable. So I'm going to try to wait a little bit before I use it. Okay, now this is the last app I had to bring this app to the show. Okay, I do believe it's also available on iOS. Um, it is called A Solver um, dash Show Me the Puzzle and I Will Solve It uh, from LL Jam Smith. Um, sorry, Jam Soft Puzzle. Four hundred thousand reviews. Woof. E for everyone does contain ads. Does have in-app purchase. You cannot buy it. Completely free to download. Four point five average reviews. 400,000 reviews, 4.5 average reviews. I'm saying that again. 400,000 reviews, average of 4.5. I'm pretty sure the app does what it says pretty well, is what I'm going to say. And the ads, I guess, are not too bad. Uh, updated October 17th, 2020, 30 megs in size, 5 million installs, current version 0.7.1, requires 5.0 Android and up, content rating E for everyone. Uh, in-app purchases, $0.99 cents to $1.19. Uh, permissions, storage, location, don't know why it needs location. Microphone, don't know why it needs that. Camera, Wi-Fi connection, phone, device ID. Wow, this thing needs a lot of information. Okay, so you might want to put it on, a, on an island. If you guys remember, there's a work profile. If you download the app called Island, you can install this in a work profile so it won't have access to everything on your phone. It kind of isolates it. Long and the short of this is you literally take out this phone. You can point it at a myriad of puzzle devices, a uh, Pyramix, which is a pyramid-like Rubik's Cube, a 2x2 Rubik's Cube, a uh, 3x3, 3x3 with patterns, 4x4, 5x5, a Mega Minix 12-sided dodecahedron, I believe, um, Rubik's Cube light or the tower two by three or a myriad of other devices. You simply point your phone at a side. It then tells you to rotate it a certain way. You rotate it a certain way. It will take a look at the colors, tell you to rotate it. Wait, and you keep doing that. And then it will literally tell you the exact moves to solve your Rubik's device. I'm sorry. 
this is absolutely awesome is the way I put it. Um, I would just put it like this. If I had a problem solving the three by three or the pyramids, I would probably get this app just to learn how to solve them. I can solve the Rubik's cube. I can get it 80% of the way there with no help and then look at a couple pictures online and I can figure out how to do the final bits. But this is an example of your phone actually being able to understand complex algorithms via color patterns and show you solutions. There is no way this was super easy for anyone to create. Now, there was, there, I'm pretty sure there was some amount of work that had to go into this, some amount of brain power that had to go into this. Um, I wish they would offer a way that I could just buy it outright because I would literally buy uh, my nephew. He can solve a Rubik's Cube in like three seconds, nah, eight seconds maybe, kind of thing, uh, really, really well. Um, but he wants the more complicated ones. And if I could give him this and he could use it to better understand how to solve more complex Rubik's Cubes, uh, he might actually look at me as being the smart uncle instead of the uncle with the bad dad jokes kind of thing. Um, so yeah, this is the kind of app I love seeing. I love it being on multiple platforms. I love seeing these kinds of things coming out because it just proves to me that yes, apps can get better. Ecosystems can get better on these devices with time as, as, as uh, time goes on. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming out live. Red, Charles, Rob, uh, Chuck, Michael, um, Mitch, um, everybody, Flying Rich, everybody. Thank you guys for coming out. Uh, thank you guys for being patient with me during this time. Uh, I have surgery scheduled July 12th. They say it's going to take six weeks to recoup from that surgery, and they believe it's going to take care of anywhere from 30 to 50% of my pain. So hopefully by August, most of this stuff will be gone in the past, and we can definitely hang out more and chat more. I am tempted to try the um, Discord thing. If you guys are interested in that, do not hesitate to let me know. Feel free. Shoot me a message in Discord. Shoot me an email, doordoorgeek.gmail.com. Uh, or if you want to email the show directly, aaa at podnos.com. If you did send an email since January, and I'm not talking about it right now, I apologize. My organization, just to get up and running um, tonight, took a lot, is what I'll say. Um, and I'm going to end this show right now because I need to lay down. So thanks, everyone, for their patience. Thank everyone for downloading. Thank everyone for their continued support on Patreon. Uh, because of you guys, I can do things as all, all my personal life with a lot less stress. So I thank everyone, and I hope to talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.